Welcome to Talking Tuesday. I am your host, Fancy Quan, and today we're going to talk about the Dream Team. So this is an idea I've always kind of had in the back of my mind. Um, it's kind of come back to the front of my mind as a bunch of recruiters recently have been reaching out to me saying, Dimitri, we'd love to interview you for some senior vice president roles, um, some head of you know validation, head of development. Uh, I'm getting a lot of contact for more senior positions here. And one of the most common questions they continually ask me is, Dimitri, um, what do you like? What are you really looking for in a job? What's the big selling point? What do you want? What do you need? Um, again, compensation is something always at the forefront, right? How much money are you going to pay me? Is it worth my time? Is it worth my effort? But I also think you need to look at the team dynamics. And my response to this question typically has to do with, I want the ability to manage a team, control the team, hire and fire, and really shape a dream team. And people look at you like you are crazy, and most recruiters don't really care because they're just trying to fill a role, uh, right? They just want that paycheck replacing you. And so a lot of times, I'm just not interested. So they come along, they make the offer. Yeah, it's a higher title, it's slightly more money, but it's not worth my time. I don't wanna do it. Um, so that's kind of the key there. The other aspect has to do with company culture. So again, this comes into the dream team environment here, right? I don't wanna work on a team full of losers. I don't wanna work on a team where you have a bunch of people and a bunch of corporate politics that are corrosive, that are just terrible, demeaning company culture, that just grinds the intellectual curiosity uh, and your excitement out of you every day because there's just so much incompetency, um, bad company culture, backstabbing, overcompetition for like frivolous, I don't know, positions and movements and trying to like jigger yourself around in the company. I don't like it, I don't wanna deal with it. Um, so yes, I've had a few companies that have contacted me and I didn't say anything to the recruiters because they don't have a clue and they're just trying to make a dollar here and there. But realistically, I've turned it down because A, you can't give me the dream team experience. You can't allow me to build a dream team. And also on top of that, your company culture from these other companies that I know, they suck. You wanna know how I know? Because I know people that work in them. And so again, building company culture at a big corporate level, I think is very important. Uh, building your reputation is important. And again, I don't think there's enough of this in the banking community, finance community, investing community. We just see a lot of nonsensical, average, lazy people. And because of that, a lot of you are gonna be like, well, no, it's full of, no, don't get me wrong. There are great people in the industry, but the company culture and the way these organizations get so large, um, a lot of times they throw the baby out with the bathwater and all logic goes out the window. So let's talk about what a dream team is first and a real life example of this. And then I'll try to talk you through why it's different than just being on an average team. So I have seen a dream team and I have dream team players in mind and I'll talk about those probably at the end here, but the dream teams I've seen and they're extremely rare. So I don't think a lot of people will see them or be part of them ever, but a dream team is really a cohesive group of people that can stick together and work together in a way that essentially you get 10 times the amount of productivity, okay? Uh, there's also a lot of trust and interrelationships in these teams. So yes, I have seen one of these before, and what I mean by this is there's a group of individuals that work on this dream team, and I don't know how large it is, but there's like a core team, and then there's a second layer of people that kind of come along with the team. 
But for the dream team, when one person quits a lot of times, they take the entire team with them. So this is really nice to be a part of a dream team because you have a sense of stability and like protection from the corporate world and a lot of the politics because you have a group of people that you all work with on a team. And I don't wanna say there's a leader because what ends up happening a lot of times is, let's just say it's five people that are the core dream team. A lot of times you'll have, say person number one is the boss and they bring on all other four and they bring these people on because they're experts, they work well together and we'll talk about those skills in a second, but they're the boss and they're the leader of this job. And then person two ends up finding an amazing job, compensations more, more interesting problems perhaps. And so they talk to the team and say, hey, I've got this awesome opportunity. Um, it's contingent on me bringing my team with me. So I will come, but I have to be able to bring my team. So that's kind of an aspect of in itself, right? So now all of a sudden person two becomes the boss and now person one's working underneath person two with the other people. The reason these dream teams work is because there's not a lot of, I guess contentious, toxic, I don't know, like struggle for power. It's everybody wants to be on the team. Everybody's doing what's best for themselves. Again, a lot of these decisions are discussed between the group, but again, you can't make these teams huge. Like a dream team I don't believe could ever be massive. And the reason for that is because in these scenarios, right, when one person leaves and pulls the whole team with them, um, they you need to talk to the team, right? A lot of times the team doesn't wanna move if you have to move or they don't wanna change companies for some reason. And again, sometimes these dream teams get split up. So again, maintaining and building dream teams is very, very challenging. Um, but again, it's amazing. It's nice to work with people where it's like everybody's super comfortable with each other. Everybody's confident to just speak their mind, right? You don't think you're gonna get reprimanded for voicing your opinions, even if they're not very popular or they go against the whole entire corporation. But again, they're kind of like this bubble of optimized work environment and it works really well together and I've seen it work before and it's amazing. And I've, <laughs> I've had an opportunity to jump on a dream team and I didn't take it um, for a variety of reasons, right? But I'm not gonna go into those. But again, these exist, they're real. And so for me, let's talk about my dream team. I always have in the back of my mind, I want to build a dream team. Um, and there are, surprisingly, there's not very many people I would ever bring on to these teams. And the reason being is the characteristics needed for different dream teams will be different between job types and job responsibilities and you know industries and careers and all that. But for me in quantitative finance specifically, um, there are different skills that I would need on these teams. So one of the rarest skills I think ever out there, I've only met one other person that has this, uh, and it is the self-learning high rigor very quickly. So what I mean by this is one of my colleagues pointed this out to me and I didn't really realize it. Um, they said, Dimitri, your strong suit, the thing where you really shine is that you can pick up something you've never seen. I can give you a completely new topic. You pick up a textbook or you go online, you find these academic papers and you know prestigious journals, and you go and you read them. And you come back and you can do everything related to that as an expert. So you know every intricate detail, what you can and can't do, why you can and can't do it. You can tear apart you know, entire teams that have spent years doing this and you know it right from the beginning. Uh, Again, this skill is very, very, very rare. I'd say it's less than like 0.01% of the population, uh, probably even smaller than that. It's like one in a million, one in a billion, I don't know. It's super, super tiny, right? 
everybody can self-learn, everybody can learn to an extent, but being able to pick something up and essentially become an expert very quickly um, is a very rare skill to have. Uh, and I never really realized that until they mentioned that. Um, and then that reminds me that one other person that I've worked with that has that ability, they're like the number one core person I would have to have on my dream team. Um, he is a rock star in his own right. He's super laid back, fun to work with, right? Amazing as a colleague when I worked with him. And he's just super flexible, but he's super smart. And he can pick things up quickly. He doesn't have a lot of the academic pedigree that a lot of people would expect. But again, he has that really rare skill. And because of that, right, there's a trust between us. Like I would trust I could give him anything and it would just get done. And if there was some significant hurdle or barrier, he would just say, hey, we've got this issue. He would propose a plan like this is what I want done. But again, what, like, what do you think we should do on this? And we would talk and communicate as a team to figure out you know, complex solutions. So he is probably the main core person I would have to have on my dream team. Um, so I'm gonna talk a little bit too about soft skills. So right, they talk a lot about this in business schools and everything else. Soft skills, people that have a lot of character and a lot of perseverance, for example, is extremely rare. So I know people are thinking, no, oh, no, I've got character and I, no. I don't think you can teach character. I don't think you can teach perseverance. I think a lot of these skills are things that you personally deep down have to want to do on your own. You have to want to struggle and try to push the boundaries. I don't see this a lot in people in general, right? Um, I'll, I'll ask people. So when I talk to people, sometimes I'll ask you, you know, we're talking about a job or something or just career development. Like, what is your biggest struggle? What is the hardest thing you've ever done? I don't care if you succeeded or failed. What was it? How long did it take you? Like, are you still working on it? What's the deal here? And you'd be shocked that most people can't answer that. Or most people give you an answer and it's something like really like generic and average. And I think part of it is A, it takes a lot of time to think these things through mentally, but I want people that internalize themselves, that think about themselves, that want to better themselves, that are trying to build character and perseverance and education and hard work and things. And so for this piece, I don't think you can teach people, right? I'm not looking to go out and just hire generic people and then bring them onto a dream team and expect the best. And I think this is where recruiting and HR fail. A lot of times you're looking at modern mentality, we'll call it here, which is the check the box, millennial, Gen Z, nonsensical garbage that we see here. Um, I want someone that's a hard worker. I want someone that wants to learn, that wants to be in the job. I don't want the person that's checking the boxes. And so what I mean by this is I'll, I'll post a job posting or something, right? And somebody will say, Dimitri, what are the skills on the list? So I'll be like, okay, well, I mean, the general things they're kind of wanting are, you know, like these 10 things. They go, okay, I have all 10 of these skills. You know, I'd be perfect fit. Hire me right now. Well, A, I don't like your super intense, crazy personality. So we're just going to throw that out the window. Uh, and two, I don't need someone to check the boxes, right? That skill I mentioned earlier on being able to learn self-learning at highly rigorous levels at very quickly, that comes with experience. That's not something that just happens overnight. Like you're not just born super smart and you're born with high rigor and being able to connect dots quickly. Um, this is something that manifests, I think, itself in the fact that you've intellectually struggled for years. You've spent years and years and years digging deeper and deeper on everything that you wanna know and these topics and learning, right? The chuck the box mentality is like, you're the bare minimum person. You're not gonna fit on my dream team, okay? And when I hire people, right, it doesn't matter where I'm working, what I'm doing, right? I don't wanna work with people that are check the box people. The reason being is you, you never really understand things. You don't really understand the depth behind the problem. You can't connect the ideas that you've learned, so those check the box listings, 
you struggle to connect those to things that are deeper and more rigorous. Right? I want you to be able to look at two crazy concepts and connect the dots. Um, for example, I'll just give a few examples here. So when you're in a graduate program, a lot of times you take stochastic calculus, right? So you learn that, financial derivative pricing. Then later on, you take like an econometrics course or statistics course, and you learn some time series, and you go through that. Most people in most programs don't connect the dots that a stochastic processes and a time series are the same thing. Okay, You might have time series that are not stochastic processes, but in finance, all stochastic processes are time series. Uh, and then to look at this at a different, deeper level here, again, something I've connected over the years, but again, no one's talked about. Um, I have a video on, which I'll put a link maybe above below the description or something, but connecting the Mandelbrot set, which is a very pure mathematical construct and idea, to statistics and the fact that the Mandelbrot set is nothing more than a stationarity map. So I have a video on it. If you're interested, you can watch it. But being able to connect abstract ideas from different fields of study and being able to really understand how the world interacts and works together is very important because you're one of those people that can generate new and creative ideas. And when you work in a very technical, mathematical, statistical, computer science rigorous space, right, there is always a right way and a wrong way. And sometimes there's some fuzzy area in the middle, but a lot of times there are clearly, this is done wrong, this is done wrong, this is done wrong. And people just don't understand it because they haven't spent the time to dig deep. Um, and that leads me to my second person on the dream team here. So we'll talk about a few of them. The second person I have is a woman um, she is not a quant, she's not super technical, but she has a like those soft skills I was talking about, the perseverance, the character building. Um, she works like me though, <laughs> and I work ethic wise, she works random hours. She prefers to work a lot of times like in the evening, like, oh, I have things to do in the daytime, right? I have family and friends and things I'm working on and you know, side hustles and all kinds of stuff. So she's kind of over busy like me. And yet she will just jump on at like nine o'clock at night and work till like midnight. Why? Because that best fits her schedule. Um, but again, she has a lot of these, she can see things at a different perspective. She has a lot of insight. Um, she provides me though, in my job that I've worked with her in the past, um, she provides different perspective for me to think about, right? She challenges me. She goes, Dimitri, this isn't correct. Like, I know you think this is right. This is exactly why it's wrong. And this is how it should work, right? But she can challenge me and she has a very different and unique skill set. So she is not a quant. Uh, she's more of a business background, but again, she's an all-star in this position. And again, that trust, that relationship, the fact that I can depend on her just like the first guy, right? If something's wrong or she has a problem, we will chat and discuss and come up with a unique solution to do this. But I trust that she will get anything done. I don't have to watch her babysitter or anything, right? Again, she's one of those all-stars I really want in my team. And then the third individual here, again, is different than the first individual. So the third one um, is a statistician, but the thing that makes him unique, so again, every person has unique skill sets and you want to bring that diversity into a team in general, but on a dream team, you have to have it. It's required to have specialties and expertise. But again, I trust him that he will do anything. He will get it done without me asking questions. He will find all of the problems, again, without me assigning anything. And I've worked for him. So yes, he has been my manager before, and he is an all-star in the stats space. Uh, we can sit and have very deep intellectual conversations on statistics. And the thing is, he's super dependable. Super, super dependable. Very hard worker. Again, like the other colleagues, works long hours to get things done when they need to get done. 
no complaints, is excited and happy to do it. So again, he's not checking the boxes. He wants to be here. He's super excited. But again, he has an academic rigor. He has the ability to go through things very scientifically and methodically to make sure it's done correctly. Um, so he would be my third person. I only have three people in my entire career that are people like I would die to have them on my team. If I could build a team and I could get all three of them on my team, they would essentially be my core. Um, and that leads me to the final topic here on the dream team of building a dream team. So again, part of this is building. So bringing in people that you worked with in the past, bringing in an expertise, again, bringing in different skill sets, specialties, right? You don't all have to be quants, um, but there are a lot of character, perseverance, hardworking, all these skills that you really want in an employee, right? At any job in any, any industry is extremely rare. They're hard to find. Good people are hard to come by. But again, these three are my rock stars. And building the team, so part of this for me is I see a lot of potential uh, in students and graduates. So I see them, I come out, they're excited, they're motivated, they get in these companies, and then these companies essentially just grind out like that sparkle in their eye, right? They're excited, they're happy, they're motivated, and they work their six months to a year, and you look back and it's like they're dead inside. And I think a lot of this comes to with poor culture of managing quants. So quants are, I don't know, they're academically excited. So they're intellectually excited by like stats and math and discovering things and doing research. And a lot of times I feel like we end up in this, you know, BAU, which is business as usual. You end up too focused on this one topic and just getting the job done. And you don't have a lot of this brightness and like excitement. But for me, I feel like if I could, I can spot. So yes, I can spot students when I talk to you and interview. I already know who the all-stars are beforehand. But the issue is, is a lot of times you die over the next year or two. So that first job just kills you, you lose interest, and you kind of just burn out and just turn into an average person. I would like to change this. I would like to build on this dream team again and bring in some students, some people that are coming fresh from academia, exciting them, motivating them, bringing them into this as like, we're going to do something great and wonderful as a team. We have business as usual. We have research. We have you know academic insights and research and things we're going to do that are fun and exciting. And I think... This is the piece that's missing from most teams, which is why they're not dream teams, at least for quants. Um, but again, there's so many things that go into a dream team. I think it's hard to really define it. And as I mentioned, a dream team is very specific to different jobs, industries. So what I would be looking for would be significantly different than what other teams are looking for. But I think what one of the most crucial aspects of a dream team here is going to be the trust and the dependability and the work ethic behind these teams. It's like everybody depends on each other. Yes, there are feuds and disagreements. I've had them with colleagues. I've had them with you know good friends and close colleagues and things. But again, it's easy to work th through things. It's easy to like depend on each other. We know things are going to get done. There's no backstabbing. There's minimal politics at best. Um, but again, here, just trying to really build these teams. And you can create rock star teams that generate massive amounts of productivity but I just don't see a lot of this in the industry. So I just wanted to talk about this today, explain my dream team, my vision, my goal, right? For me, if I could build a dream team and be on one, like I would be on cloud nine, life would be great and wonderful. Of course you have problems and you have to deal with all the people outside of the dream team. But I think when you have that team around you that really supports you and everybody's supporting each other, right? There's not like a best person. Everybody has a strength and weakness here. Um, it just makes the job enjoyable. It makes life a lot of fun. It makes you excited to go to work. And I wish more people would focus on this. 
um, from a team building manager perspective, but also from a larger company culture perspective. So anyways, thanks for watching. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And as always, until next time.